Oh, what did you guys bet on? Steely Dan, Three Dog Night, Hard Pass. Hi, everyone. Oh, my God. Welcome back. It's been so long. How have you been? Do you remember who we are? It's okay if you don't. So I am here with my best friend, Kat Dudley. And I'm here with my best friend, Amy Goodman. And this is Any Major, Major Dudette Will Tell You. It's two women. Talking about Steely Dan. Drinking a blend of both white wine and red wine. You can call it cherry wine. So you may be wondering, where have we been the past year and a half? Guess what? I moved to Oakland! Yeah! And somehow, proximity did not equal productivity, and we didn't make any new episodes. But then the quarantine happened! And then a month passed, and then we're like, let's, let's record another podcast. Let's do it. So, you're welcome in advance, and this is going to be sort of a little bit themed. There is a thought behind it. We call one <laughs> this episode we'd like to present to you is called Social, Social Dance Dancing. <laughs> did we so, only record this because it was quarantine and because I came up with a pun? Yes, we did. <laughs> but did we find three amazing Steely Dan songs that I think really hit the theme well? Absolutely. Yes. So if you're are ready, they bangers? They no, uh, kind of. It's like a thirty-three percent rate at this point. Yeah. Like, we're digging deep. Like we're there, but. Yeah. I'm excited to get right up in it and around it and then back behind it again. <laughs> Cat has a stamina that I can only dream of. <laughs> so if you're locked in and your disco pants are on, here's episode four. Four. Let's fucking do it. song today is going to be 1980s time out of mind such a good song such a good song such a good song my immediate first thought and i i have to just share it right away yes please it was the song i wanted to get the tattoo lyric of Okay, which which lyric, what tattoo, where, other journalistic questions. Thank you, thank you. So um, I've had a dream of a Steely Dan tattoo for a while now. Um, and since this whole, and like we're, we're not going to get into a whole quarantine, hopefully-esque theme. But the nightly thing that I have breathed aloud into the ether before I fall asleep in a The most, droplets that have come out of your mouth. Currently or when I'm going to sleep? I'm... Right now? No, no, no. Oh, no. When you're th- <laughs> I just thought I was spittling. <laughs> no. I thought I was pulling a Brita on RuPaul's Drag Race season 12 and I was... <laughs> and I'm Aiden, just I'm not going to tell you. But you told me. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, called reading. Um, is that, but, but the thing that I think that keeps <laughs> me going, or at least makes me wake in the morning, is that I'm going to get three-inch acrylics on my nails and I'm going to get a Steely Dan tattoo. When quarantine is over. As soon as quarantine is over. It was like yes. my first two appointments, like, screw the bikini wax, screw the haircut. Like, those are the first two things. I want to support local. This is what I'm trying to say. So uh, It's a mitzvah. <laughs> yes. So uh, the, the lyric I was hoping to get was... I am holding a mystical sphere. Like, I want to be like the witchy woman. She's got the orb. Is it a magic eight ball? Is it a crystal ball? Is it my balls? That was what I was thinking about. So then I told you that that was the lyric I wanted to get. And then you were like, I was like, oh, honey, no. Bad idea. So, yeah. The sphere in reference there. I am holding the mystical sphere direct from Lhasa is a reference to heroin. Yep, didn't know. And, and the 
I want it to get right on my right wrist, directly leading into the, the that venous, yeah. just like right there with like an arrow that just says inject here if passed out. Like yeah. that was probably not a good addition to it. So I appreciate Thank you for checking me. I just go off on my own journey sometimes. But, it's okay. Yeah. So like follow your heart, but sometimes say your heart out loud. Thank you. Just in case there are ears listening. <laughs> and let me tell you, my ears... They listen to this song. I do love, like, this, Time Out of Mind is probably one of my most frequently listened to Steely Dan songs of all of that. And I can yeah. attest to this because if you remember the history of our Steely Dan, our podcast, so I came to Kat and I'm like, I think I'm going to get into Steely Dan. And she's like, let me make you the Old Testament and the new playlist. Yes. And Time Out of Mind was on there. So this is a song I'm, like, very familiar with love a lot, really encapsulates a lot of what Steely Dan is about to me. And, and it's an easy one to come back to. Like, I don't find that I get, like, tired of this one in the way that I would maybe get tired of other ones. Like, there's just this sort of ethereal feeling. Like, it reminds me, like, a little bit of my dad. And I'm just, I don't know, it has a sort of, it has a mystical sphere. It has a heroin-like effect where I can just listen to it over and over again and I never get tired of it. Counterpoint. <laughs> oh, oh, no! <laughs> no, like, I definitely buy you on the mystical sphere and, like, easy listening. And, like, so many Steely Dan songs, you can just kind of put it on and vibe with it. But if you dive into the lyrics, it's kind of, like, the heart of a lot of Steely Dan songs, most noticeably Bodhisattva, but it's just kind of shitting on Orientalism. Really? Yes. That's not great. No, it's not. <laughs> so little Steely Dan in it. Yes. But, like, so much of it is, I am selling you something and I'm calling it enlightenment and I'm gonna fleece you for everything you're fucking worth. And do you think that they they were laughing at this? Right? Yes, this yes. was not they were they were not actually cause... selling the proverbial Steely Dan t-shirts. Oh man because it was such a big thing in the 70s this whole like uh, return to the net like what like and yeah how is this... it any different from now and self-care? True. Like, D yeah. this is not about Steely Dan, this is about the current times, but, and I know we're not about quarantine, but of course we are. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this period of history is not the influencers, but the wannabe influencers mm. who know that they need to post content, but they don't have a whole team helping them figure out what to say. So it is just so tone deaf and flat footed and like, I am using this time to choose to tap into my creativity. And it's like, you can choose that. That's, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Mine I, is a lightning storm. Yeah. Mine is mostly me crying in a bathtub. And, and how hoping, are you yeah. all choosing at the same time to tap into your creativity? Um, it's called a passion planner journal, which by the way, shout out to our sponsor, Passion Planner Journal. You want to put your pla passions in a planner journal? Just here's a journal full of your passion planners. Put them down and then draw. Hashtag um, mood board much. <laughs> So yeah, we've sort of become big time since you've heard us last. You're really going to notice a tonal shift now that we're on episode four. So we're going to get into the real rail. Yeah. All right. A little bit of context. Sure. For like maybe my mindset going into this song. Until recently, I worked in the cannabis industry. And I have a lot of experience talking to wealthy white women and basically asking them like, what color do you want to feel like? And having them tell me, Purple. I want to be purple. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, well, I'm stressed out with my kids, and I just want to take the edge off but not get too high to function, which, like, don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. And then being like, I have this magical elixir that's going to make you feel the way you want to feel, and it's designed with someone like you in mind. Like, I have loved Steely Dan since you trotted them into my life, but only since I have sort of worked in this, like, 
possibly wellness, but also possibly snake oil field mm-hmm. of just like, I have what you need for your very special symptoms, which are not that special. They're just the human condition. Right. And I love like the the imagery of like and how they put the Celie Dan puts it is the dragon like yeah. we we all want you say dragon I say how high like I want to get that high I say I've seen him in Hyrule yes <laughs> like, I yeah there is like this and which I think is such a beautiful bookmark of Celie Dan is just always this longing and wishing and wanting and like. They hit it really well in this one. Yeah, They're never shitting on the want and the wish for relief. Mm-hmm. They're just like kind of opening your eyes to all the people that will fucking take you to the cleaners over that. Yeah. And cherry wine. <laughs> what? What is it? Did they drink it? And, and the water may change to cherry wine? Like what is that even? If you believe yeah, hard d- enough? Don't sue like, me. Yeah. I, is that what it is? Like. I don't know. Like, I just, I love that all of this is sort of told through, I think he's a huckster. You can read it how you want. Mm -hmm. But like, from the get-go, it's like, gather round. I have what you need. And then he kind of, he so he starts with the sales pitch, and then it's, keep your eye on the sky. Put a dollar in the kitty. Mm. Don't the moon look pretty? Like, he's just, I keep saying it, but fleecing you out from under you. And the other part is, And, like, the first thing that should, like, kind of tip you off is he's talking about, you know, get ready to fall in love tonight. And I'm like, sing this song about heroin. And isn't one of those things about heroin, like, it's a total libido killer. Like, you can't have a boner on it. And it's like, oh, it's not about, like, falling in emotional love or physical love. It's about addiction. Yeah. Like, I'm going to hook you. And now I, I counterpoint to this is that I never know what a Steely Dan song is about. I can only ever know what it makes me feel. Yeah. And this song makes me feel like I'm in college. I'm dating <laughs> I'm dating the boy that I never actually dated in college, but I dreamt about dating in college. What college was he in? Oh, he didn't go to my school. He was just visiting. He was for the a county. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And That's so that is such yeah. a mood. <laughs> And we're like, we're walking into the Catalyst in Santa Cruz. It's, if you don't know it, it's a dive bar that had a lot of like weird bands that came in, but sometimes great like bands. Like a tight band would come through on a Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And and like now I still look at the lineup and I'm like, uh, to be Tech 19 nine. in it. Yeah. <laughs> Collie Buds. <laughs> Sponsored by Collie Buds. <laughs> uh, Where do your buds come from? <laughs> Collie. <Yes. laughs> uh, and like I just love this idea of like like the least amount of effort that it takes to like woo someone is like don't the moon look pretty like you're not even you're just and like I just imagine like a man in a leather jacket like wrapping his arm around me asking me to put the dollar in the kitty I'm paying for the drinks and yet he tells me the moon looks pretty and And you're indoors and the time (laughs) is out of mind like I'm like Am I addicted to heroin or am I dating a boy from the town? I don't know. But that's like what I feel when I listen to this song. It's just that that belief that when you walk into the bar, you are the prettiest girl there. Like that's really? what I feel when I hear this song. Yeah. Oh, I just see like the capitalism. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. And I'll, I'll walk you through it. Yeah. You give me the runway. I will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so first things first. So obviously we're going to tackle just like the Steely Dan sneering at Orientalism, which is pretty prevalent through, I think, their entire oeuvre, but most noticeable, I think, in this song and in Bodhisattva. I think Bodhisattva came out first in 72, 73. This one came out in 80, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see that, like, the years have not diluted the hate. They mm-hmm. still 
really don't care for this at all. And like, we can start musically. Bodhisattva to me kind of sounds like a Chuck Berry song that's careening off the edges. It is so Americana, it is almost satire. And then you get to like the breakdown of like and it feels like it's just fucking about to come off the tracks but it's all about again eastern enlightenment and sell your worldly possessions and then take my hand and take me there we all need a mentor to get us to the other side <gasps> and then this song is almost like from the mentor's point of view of like take my hand mm. and musically if we want to talk about the americana of it it's got that slide guitar in the beginning and it's like <laughs> like very Western and just kind of quintessential Americana. Just take my hand. I'll take you across that bridge. Put a dollar in the kitty. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I the viewers or listeners can't see into your eyes the way that I am, but like you are becoming the man in the leather jacket that I want to walk into the catalyst with. Like you Because I'm like talking about things I learned in like my intro to literature class. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess maybe I'm the I'm the perfect demographic to fall for everything that they're selling. <laughs> My social security number is. <laughs> <laughs> and then if we're going, so we never really unpack the problem with the sphere. Right. What's this? What's the quote exactly again? Uh, I'm holding the mystical sphere. I'm holding sphere. the mystical yeah. sphere, direct from Lhasa. That mystical sphere is heroin. Lhasa is what is, was the capital of Tibet. So it's really just, again, packaging something very material in the mystical and rolling in the snow far from the world we know. If we've learned anything about Stilly Dan is like, the world is not so big that we aren't all feeling the same things. So this othering, there's another place where people are happy, have no concerns. You can be with them. Put a dollar in the kitty. Mm. Wow. I, I now I, and again, I, I don't have much of the, of the textbook of the Steely Dan. Again, I have feelings, but I yes. hear the word Kitty, and I am a little bit related, if you are again a longtime listener, we talk about our dads a lot. A lot. Yeah, and, and my dad was a uh, used car lot sales manager in the 1990s. So like, but like everything good about it, none of the bad stuff, right? None of the Danny DeVito in uh, Matilda. Matilda, yeah, <laughs> no, it was, it was all good. It was all shiny hair and patent leather shoes. And he used to call the, the petty cash at the dealership, the kitty. And so like, if I needed to like buy a candy bar, he'd be like, well, we could just like get a little out of the kitty. And so I don't know if that, it was my first taste of like capitalistic greed and like corporate undertaking. Malfeasance. Yeah. <laughs> it tasted like a Mr. Good bar. So I don't know what it meant, <laughs> but I just, I love their, like that, that phrase. There's like, it's such a, a return of the 70s to anything that you listen to with Steely Dan but I just always love that Amy you bring in this like sort of modern day feeling about of like we're we're all sort of stuck in it and we think that there's an other living in another way but like we're all just putting dollars in kitties getting Mr. Good Bars or getting a moment of joy I don't know just, I mean hopefully yeah if the mystical spear is to say all hail mystical spear <laughs> so we started a cult <laughs> But yeah, from what, what I read of a lot of Steely Dan, it's just a lot of people throwing money at their like legitimate human condition problems and never really getting a return on it. And like it is very stark, both in this song and Bodhisattva. In Bodhisattva, they're talk there's a line of like, I'm going to sell my house in town, which is just like to me, 
a man who is an accountant who is just going through a midlife crisis and I'm going to sell my very wise investment and probably put my wife and kids out on the street because I am, for lack of a better word, like chasing the dragon, tracing enlightenment and I need someone to pull me over to the other. Like the yeah. songs are very much in conversation with each other. And even in Bodhisattva, they're talking about the sparkle of your china. Like that's a very material thing. And then in this song, they're talking about the silver will turn to gold. Like baby boomers. Yes. This is a baby boomer only problem. Like the like the idea of silver turning into gold. I'd like to turn my Venmo payment into Bitcoin. I don't know. Like like I, like does how does that age well? And how does my lyrics not? I don't right. know. Like <laughs> I saw a meme earlier that's like. And we're not going to get into the baby boomer millennial generational war. We might dip our toes into it because it's like interesting fodder that doesn't mean anything. And this is a podcast. And we've been watching Community again. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) We cannot let that go. That show, one, fantastic. And two, so ahead of its time in the baby boomer hate. Like it was background noise 10 years ago. And now I'm just like, holy shit, Dan Harmon, are you a prophet? Right. And wasn't, isn't there a Chevy Chase Steely Dan tie-in? What is it? It wasn't Chevy Chase played drums for Steely Dan for a brief amount of time. We will have to fact check. We'll put it in the comments. <laughs> we might edit this out. I don't know. That's... Where are we going with this? Uh, oh, it's all materialism, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would like to share, if I may, just in this moment of like... Don't ask permission. Ask forgiveness. Okay. Um, well, forgive me for this joke because it's the ultimate dad joke. But yes. if I were to ever have two daughters, I'd like to name them Perfection and Grace... And so when they're like, oh, my God, who are they? It's perfection and grace. That's it. That's all I got. It's perfection and grace. And the smile on my face. I love my daughters. I'm very happy in my life. Thank you so much. <laughs> so instead of a bad tattoo about heroin, I'm going to name my children. children. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there is a meme that boomers are like, I need good plates in addition to the regular plates. And millennials are like, question mark, question mark, question mark. And if you don't know our situation. <laughs> and Amy, why should you? Right. We, Amy and I live in the same house. Amy and her boyfriend, my husband and me, those people are two separate people. There's four people. You do the math. They're not the same people. We're dating it's different not that people. That's <laughs> Um, and we share one griddle. <laughs> and that's all. Yeah, we, like they're married, we, so I assume they have nicer stuff than me. And I'll like knock, knock, knock on the door. I'm like, we want to make stovetop cheeseburgers tonight. Can we borrow your griddle? And I had gone to the thrift store one time and got a bunch of stuff. And so I'm like passing the one communal Goodwill thrift store griddle back and forth in the hidey hole that exists in our house. So, our house is pretty magical. If you're a friend, you should come over and see it in the aftertimes. Yeah. Um, But the thing I like, another thing I like about the song and how it kind of ties into our current times, and we'll find them there. I like that he phrases it as, tonight, when I chase the dragon. Not if I chase the dragon. It's an inevitability. Mm. And I think we're all kind of feeling that right now. Of Like, I am just trying to make it to X o'clock, and then I can do whatever it is I do to check out. Yeah. I I feel bad having mimosas during staff meetings at 10 o'clock in the morning, but I'm also like... Who's to say? Who's to say? When I chase the dragon, I will go on Zoom chat, but I will not go with the video. That's all I know. Because I'm greasy and I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Time out of mind. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Next up, from 1977, we have Home at Last. You know, this one, okay, I have immediate stories off the top of the dome. Okay. 
no substance, only emotion. Uh, if you're not familiar, I, I had a resurgence of Steely Dan love. The year was 2013. I met a man on OkCupid. We were on our third date and we proceeded to have an all night drug fest with his friends. I think I had one more date with him after this date. And Rob, you I, got to four? I got to four, Can yeah. Can you imagine being in your 30s and getting to four with someone who you were unsure about? I was pretty sure about him. Oh. I thought, I thought, I mean, you know, I did, I... This man is neither her husband nor my boyfriend. True. <laughs> Which we all know if we listen to the last part, the same person. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I was like, you know, I was young. I was like, he was a little bit older. He... Is this the dude who came to your roller derby play? Oh, again, the year was 2013. <laughs> Things like roller Sorry. derby plays existed. I didn't Things mean to help you. <laughs> Things like OkCupid existed. Uh, we were compatible on the idea of like, if you were to own a home, would you want it to have a jacuzzi? Like we both said yes. And I was like, is it love? Uh, so <laughs> I, I am, I am, it is probably 3.30 in the morning. I am on drugs and someone's like, what's a good album to put on? And they put on Asia by Steely Dan. And it wasn't until I think like home at last when I like heard the like quintessential plucking of some strings and like Donald Fagan doing something that I was like, is this the Bodhisattva band? Like, I only knew them from, like... Said 22-year-olds around the world. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I, hey, everyone, if you're all stoned enough to want to listen... Not even stoned. I, what is it called when you're on ketamine? That's fine. Uh, whatever they were. I was like, you want to hear about how I li used to listen to this song in the back of my mom's station wagon? Uh, the answer was no. But the answer was also, it was Steely Dan. Yay! So, <laughs> I am found That mystical sphere came back around. <laughs> I am home at last at that story so <laughs> so I have good feelings with this song I like this song I think it's sort of would you consider that memory in that time sort of like an inside out core memory of you like is it a building block to your personality oh definitely yeah and Asia the whole album in general is I think a building block like that I it's not my favorite on the album but yeah. I think it has a good place in that yeah the song itself though not a banger not good yeah, yeah. I as I tearfully confessed to Kat Musically, I don't like this song and will probably never listen to it again. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, and it's because, <laughs> is it a song about a boat? Yep. And they just do a lot of boat songs. And, and they're all kind of like... I come here for the <laughs> funk, not for the, the starboard bow. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there is something deeper to it, right? Absolutely. Like, okay, is... Set the story. You have a history, right? I have a history. Oh, we all shit. have a history, but mine is specific to this one. Okay. So this song, to me, and probably to a lot of people, is about the Odyssey. It's a retelling of the Odyssey through the eyes of Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. Homer at last. <gasps> what? I... <laughs> that just came right off the top of the Dude, head. I saw I the look in her. She looked like a tiger who was ready to kill. And I'm like, what you got? What's in your mouth? What? <laughs> Where's my gift? <laughs> Holy shit. Homer at last. Okay. Okay, we gotta get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. All yeah. right. So there is a line in the first verse that says, So you think you've heard this one before, which immediately tells you they're aware, they know what they're doing. It's storytelling. It's the oral tradition. We're dealing with some unreliable narrators, as we always are. Mm. Who's telling the story? Is it Odysseus? Is it Homer? Is it Steely Dan? Is it two overeducated but underachieving millennial women? That's us! 
us. It, We're yeah, it's us. Right. We'll tell you. All right. It's so a little history lesson back from a class I took called Monsters, Women, and Barbarians yeah, at UC Santa yeah. Cruz. Tag yourself. Tag yourself. Spoiler alert, they're all the same thing. <laughs> So we're after the Trojan War, and Odysseus is a hero, and he's trying to get home with his crew. He's trying to get home to Ithaca with his wife, Penelope, and his son, Telemachus. Hmm. They're there. They're waiting for him. And so they're sailing near the sirens, which are like the beautiful women who sing the deadly song. And so some members of his crew are like taking the warning seriously and plug their ears with beeswax so they don't hear the siren song and jump to their deaths. Others are fuckboys and jump to their deaths. <laughs> Odysseus kind of splits the middle and is like, don't plug my ears because I want to hear their song, but do tie me to the ship's mast so I can't kill myself. Okay, I have never really felt more enlightened in the fact that women have had to live into a virgin whore dichotomy for their entire lives. Entire. Now, are men either beeswack boys or like <laughs> mast masters? I don't know what the like, I, like, are you going to be willing to be like, not me? Or are you going to be like, me? Like, is that? Okay, so it, another meme. Okay. We're going to drag into this. <laughs> I saw that was like, the only men who are getting laid right now are the men who are man enough to commit. So which ones are those? Are they the beeswax boys or the let me jump to my death with one sweet song boys? I did we trap them or did they make a good choice? I don't know. That's a, are we sirens though? Because, God, I hope so. Because that means that we're... I oh, hope I'm not just an account manager. I hope I'm also a siren. Wow! <laughs> I hope I'm not just a whore. I hope I'm also a virgin. <laughs> hey, that is wild. I had no... I, I don't even think I remembered any of the story of the Odyssey. I remembered surprisingly little of it. And yeah. then when I like refreshed i'm like oh yeah i guess i did read this in ninth grade and then again like in 19th grade yeah. it should be a little more sunk in i have a general plot line but not a lot of details but i love and i want to just comment that like you really enjoy this unreliable narrator truly F facet or trope or why why is that as an introvert sometimes you find yourself living in your head and your memories and you're kind of ruminating on something that happened when you were 11 and then you kind of take a beat with the like wisdom you've accumulated and you're like this was 20 years ago. Perhaps this memory is a little bit sun warped. 404, file not found. I might have just filled this in in the ensuing years. I'm in my 30s. Did we mention that our dads are dead? And it's sad. <laughs> we bring it up all the time. We bring it up all the time. All the time. It yes, wasn't yeah. you. We brought it up. It's okay. It's to okay. Laugh. You're yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah. And if your dad is dead, then you can laugh twice as hard. Here's your pass. <laughs> I'll lend you mine. <laughs> you want to lend me your dad some time? No, I, <laughs> I just missed the hugs. No, it's fine. Right. We'll let it all out. Let it all out. It's fine. Right. <laughs> but yeah, as someone who lives a lot in her memories, I'm very fascinated by the way that it is not reliable at all and that a lot of Steely Dan songs are told from the perspective of somebody who's shady or shifty or kind of clues you in throughout the song that, like, this is not someone that you would normally be associated with and don't trust a goddamn word they're telling you. Why is my Facebook about me call me Deacon Blues when clearly Deacon Blue is the enemy of that song? He yeah. leaves his family. He bought a very expensive saxophone when he should be paying for braces for little Peyton. Her little teeth are all fucked up. And yet we root for him. But so also, why are we putting so much pressure on Peyton to have perfect teeth? I'm second wave. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yes, that's yes. a big detour, but Odysseus took one too. Yeah. So after the siren song, 
they go on some more adventures. He ends up shipwrecked on Calypso's island. And so Calypso is, oh, so Poseidon shipwrecks him. Poseidon is the god of the sea who is mad at Odysseus for reasons I don't remember. He's a mad daddy. <laughs> <laughs> mad he was a mad daddy, daddy right? Yeah, he really was. Yeah. <laughs> That's a type. <laughs> <laughs> so he traps Odysseus on an island with the goddess Calypso for years and years. And they bone all the time. And she's in love with him and wants to make wants to marry him and make him immortal. But he's like, look, I'm married and I would really like to go home. But we can still bone until then. But I'm going to cry a lot. Oof. Yeah. Wow. So I think that where we are in this song, and this is, again, just conjecture of like, he's talking about, I'm, I guess this is home at last. I'm still tied to the mast. Mm. He could have been untied by the time he got to Calypso's island, but he is choosing to stay in this self-flagellating position and saying, well, I guess this is home. Well, I guess I deserve this kind of punishment because I'm a bad man. But is Steely Dan revering these types of men? Like the way that they like sneer at like Orientalism and like belief in a higher power. Do they like these people? I mean, they're all they ever talk about, right? So is this I like, mean, does Steely Dan like anything or are they just cognizant enough to identify with things? And do you think that they see themselves as the, like, as the man on the mask? Absolutely. They, oh, they do. Totally. Okay. okay. And the reason I say this with such absolute authority is like the song I couldn't get out of my head when I was listening to this song was actually the Eagles Hotel California. On a dark desert highway, cool wind in my hair, warm smell of colitas, rising up through the air. Ooh, well now we know there's a long history of Steely Dan Eagles crossover. Yes. yes. Yeah. In um, the Royal Scam, the song Everything You Did, there's a reference as he's beating his girlfriend. <laughs> Sure. Cat <laughs> just gave this look like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, turn up the Eagles, the neighbors are listening. Mm -hmm. And in Hotel California, they pay back the favor and say, we stab it with our steely knives, but we just can't kill the beast. So there is a connection between these two bands. Mm -hmm. I'm not just pulling this out of thin air, but sort of the whole idea of like, I have found myself in this place that could be home, but is inherently unhealthy for real reasons we're never going to enumerate. Well, I guess I live here now. You can check out anytime you like. But you can I really felt with this song was that I did not get any of the Odyssey references because I did not pass Greek literature and that's a different story. I was too busy with the townie at the Catalyst. Um, listen, at UC Santa Cruz we called it pre and early modern literature because we do not practice hegemonic practices. Also, there is no Greek life at UC Cam I'm sorry, a very ah! small Greek life at UC. There's one Greek house in Santa Cruz. There is service yeah. Greek life. Yeah, yeah. Um, you step on the olives. <laughs> I thought this entire, speaking of stepping on the olives, it comes all right back around. I thought this entire song was about alcohol which and I don't think that's wrong at all. Okay. I think that's definitely like the Odyssey thing is a metaphor for alcoholism because even when they're talking about sirens on the rocks, how is that any different from Scotch on the rocks? I know when you hear literally the song Arena song on the rocks, like I'm like we're shaking, we're stirring. Yes. I'm having a drink. It's 10 a.m. I'm on a Zoom call, and so. especially when the sailors know 
how to avoid that fate, which is stuffing the beeswax, tying yourself to the mask, and right. especially that Odysseus only splits that difference. Yeah. It is someone giving into his demons. And I honestly, a little bit of quarantine talk, I feel that. Like, there is a relief in, like, okay, I'm not going to get totally, I'm not going to get wasted tonight. I got wasted tonight. last night. Yeah. Last night was the night I knocked over my vintage lamp that I bought from a, a garage sale that I cared very much about and oh. cried into shattered pieces. Oh. But tonight, I'm just going to be on the mast, baby. Just a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit. So. Yeah, what does restraint look like? What does home look like in these times? Yeah. Ugh. And, like, you had kind of touched on this before of, like, introvert extrovert whatever you are yeah hopefully there's some feeling you get when you cross that threshold and come home at night yes and now there isn't one it, the lines are blurred a home is there is no outside to come home to there is no home that feels like home it's just like i i call my pajamas my yummies and i <laughs> i haven't been able to get into my yummies for over a month because i've just been in my yummies all day and so is it so yummy if you're there all the time and am I really home at last? That's my or question. Or am I home at last forever? Ding, I don't know. Ding, 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 ding. I mean, <laughs> as we've stated, I'm an introvert. I am handling this much better than I think the extroverted population is. And my heart genuinely goes out to them. Like, sometimes I will catch my extroverted boyfriend just looking out the window in the same way that I see my cat looking out the window and just looking at birds. And, like, I wish I was you. <laughs> I wish I could fly far, far away. He's hearing the siren call of the birds exactly. <laughs> and wants to jump. Yeah. He's barking at burbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just a few more Steely Dan Eagles references that I want to highlight because they gave me so much joy when I was doing my homework about this song. So we've highlighted in past episodes how Steely Dan just like loves calling out specific boos in their song. It is their yaya, their kink. Yes. <laughs> and this song is no exception. So they have this moment in the song where they're talking about she pours me the smooth retsina, which is a Greek wine, my little asterisk note says here. Ooh. And you can contrast that with the pink champagne on ice from Hotel California. Whoa. And even in the beginning of the song, they're talking about I know this super versus the Eagles. On a dark like, this songs really are bookends for two bands that were probably going through the same kind of disassociations in the 70s. And what is home? What is this life I've chosen? Who are these hanger-ons? And whether it be sweet red sinina or pink shamba pena <laughs> or me at my refrigerador at 10 p.m. just pouring all of my Trader Joe's lemonade and all of the Costco vodka I have in a glass and being it's like, great combination. it's quarantine. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you're stuck and whether you're going to make it home or not, it's up to you. What so I'll chat yeah. everybody June 1st. So I'll be <laughs> <now>. <laughs> and just to put a pin in the connection between Steely Dan and the Eagles, because I can't help myself. Does anybody remember what Pallas Athena transforms into a couple times throughout this book? No. Of course not. <laughs> she transforms into an eagle. Ah, <laughs> so yeah, I think, and then the other thing I'd want to talk about in this song, and then we can like wrap it up in a nice little girly bow, mm -hmm. is We'll talk about the women in this song and the kind of their lack of presence in this song. So he washes up on Calypso's island. Calypso fucks him, provides for him. Sure. But after however many years when he's like, it's time to go, she gives him a raft. 
She gives him food. She gives him clothing. She gives him everything he needs to survive. And she's still kind of cast as like the evil woman on the island. Not by you, of course not. <laughs> and the other thing is like, who gets him off that island? Who pulls all the strings that sets so much of the story in motion? It's fucking Athena. Yeah. And none, she doesn't get a shout out in this song. Calypso doesn't get named in this song. And what it frankly reminds me of is the Old Testament. Because another famous man in quarantine, Noah, on the boat with his daughters and his wife and all their animals, after the flood is over, he repopulates the earth by mating with them. But you know why I'm calling them Noah's daughter and Noah's wife? Because they don't have a name. They fucking <laughs> repopulate the earth. And the men, the men who wrote the Old Testament did not see fit to give these women names. At the very least, reference the most amazing dad joke in history is perfection and grace. God damn it. I'm going back. <laughs> it's perfection and grace. All right, I'm going to go put my head in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> references they're not going to bring back anything about the eagles again but guess what this is another eagles reject song <laughs> it's a steely dan song it's night by night 1974 <laughs> and i love this song i love this song. song is funkin' in my skunkin'. Yes, it is. It is driving down the highway. You're open. You're free. You do a little bump of cocaine. <laughs> you're dancing. You're feeling like night by night is a good song in a slew of shitty songs. It's on Pretzel Logic. Ooh, it's kind of a dud of a record. Yeah, but this... Ricky, don't lose that album, or maybe do. Yeah. <laughs> We will steal the name for the podcast, but just because it's cute. Like, yeah. we're not going to listen to this It's not a substance. No, but this song, so good. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm guessing you have, like, a whole historical lesson about this, right? Not historical. Just really? kind of pessimistic and esoteric, which is kind of my brand. Okay, okay. And there's yes. this, like, feelings and positivity and esoteric. Okay, yes. <laughs> I see. I thought there was there is one reference to a woman where they say the queen of Spain. So I was yes. like, certainly Amy knows of... Isabella the the petulant in her high tower. It's not about that. I'm so sorry I don't speak Spanish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what does jump out at me right up front is the first line. It's a Vegas life, said the Queen of Spain, but don't tell it to a poor man. That right away like sets you up. We're back in the steely universe. It's about capitalism, it's about materialism, it's about women lying to you. Yes, <laughs> all of the things that make a good Steely Dan point of view. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Like, not a world I want to live in, but a world I'll podcast about? Sure. Some, yes. Somehow. Um, and then the idiom, when my ship comes in. But until my ship comes in, I live night so that means when I make my fortune, when my windfall comes, and I don't think any Steely Dan song has ever ended with someone's ship coming in, or if it does, I don't think that windfall has ever made a Steely Dan character's life better. Right. So like, <laughs> yes. right from the get-go, you know, 
this is all a lie built on a lie. Yeah. And it's interesting that I know I can only think about like Steely Dan as baby boomers, as my parents. Like I, I like, and why I sort of both like, you know, hear, heroize them and hate them at the same time. Cause it's like, I get it. Everyone wanted that moment where shit starts to go right for the first time. And yeah. then does it ever. And, and they, they sort of hate millennials in that way that like, they think that we scrolling through our Instagrams and eating avocado toast is us with our big windfall. But we sort of hate them for the same reasons of the fine china and the one griddle. It's just yeah. like we're all we're all living in the Sealy Dan universe. They live in a universe. I'm projecting. I don't live in their universe, so I'm gonna tell them what it is. But it's it's much more of a zero sum game than the life we feel like we live in. Yeah, there are. I don't think we look at our lives as definite winners and losers. Yeah. But for them, it was clear. It and was easy. Throat. Yes. Yeah. And like self-defined that way. Yeah. <laughs> and another reason you know this is all like, to me, built on a lie. This song is called Night by Night, but I'm pretty sure that like taking things day by day is kind of an AA recovery trope. Oh, ouch. Yeah, is that, that is. I'm pretty sure. Yes, that is. And yes. so for Stanley yeah. and just like flip that on their head about like, I'm not trying to do right. I'm not trying to do good. Oh. I'm just doing what I need to do to get through night by night. Just, like, perverting our recovery narrative is so steely, Dan. And it's true. Like, I, I saw um, a, a, a meme as well because that's how I see <laughs> Oh, you my... also read The New Yorker. <laughs> I do, yes, yes. The, uh, and where it's, like, BoJack Horseman is oh, it, from the show BoJack Horseman where yeah. um, the Mrs. Kitty girl, what's her name? Princess Carolyn. Princess Carolyn is in the front one and she's, like, looking at herself and she's, like, here I am. And then, like, and then it's, like, I'm going to take on today. And then, like, the next part is just BoJack with, like, all the beer bottles around him. And it's, like, that's kind of where I don't live by the days. I live by the shit that happens when the sun goes down. Truly. Yeah. I am not super proud of it, but I'm unemployed and I'm doing what I have to do at nights so that I can fall asleep and wake up the next day and feel ready to do it again. Yeah. And it is, it has been no change of day since yeah. like March 13th when I last shaved my legs up until today when I shaved my legs for this podcast. AKA the procedure. You're welcome. It <laughs> uh, like, is a visual medium. Yeah, <laughs> that, that it is. It's just been like one day to survive to the next. And so, yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, there isn't, there is no winners. I just feel like we're all just in this middle ground right now. And that, I don't know, maybe this song has that sort of, Oh, is there a middle ground reference in this song? I mean, not middle <laughs> ground, but it, are, are we there? You're there. Okay. So the next line that like really jumped out at me is like, ooh, sparks, thoughts. Everywhere around me, I see jealousy and mayhem. Because no man have all that peace of mind to carry them. But the way I kind of read this is like, this is a society of people who have somehow learned how to purge these thoughts and really are living on that higher plane, higher consciousness that perhaps they were even selling you in Bodhisattva or Time Out of Mind. Mm. So you have kind of like this perfectly engineered society, but you can't just extract those bad parts from yourself. They have to exist somewhere. And so it's like, this is a song about where that toxic, if you've ever seen the episode of Rick and Morty, where they go to a spa and literally have the toxic parts of themselves extracted. And then like the rest of the episode is the toxic parts trying to drag them down. Like that's kind of this society in this song is you're just moving amongst the dregs and the rejects and the toxicity and you're among them. I'm surrounded by inferior pieces of shit and 
toxins. We're not in hell, Morty. We're in the detoxifier. The machine didn't blow up. It worked normally. It removed our toxins. We're the toxins. Are you listening, you stupid little garbage person? We're what got removed! Yeah. And isn't that how we all feel when we're like Instagram scrolling at forever and ever and it's just the same content recycled 150 times and you're like, where's an original thought? Where do I stand out? Aren't I special? Aren't, shouldn't I be with the chosen ones? But the chosen ones are singing Imagine with all their friends, Gal Gadot, I'm looking specifically at you. And somehow they're all reconnecting with their creativity, but they're all churning out that exact same line. Yeah. It's like, man, if I could like Uber call my creativity, that'd be fucking dope. Yeah, super easy. But my Uber creativity call like calls me and wakes me up at 4 a.m. and is like, you up? And then like I start crying and masturbating in a bathtub. So yeah. like my creativity is not I'm not just not like posting tap. pictures of myself doing yoga and talking about how this is tapping into my creativity. Yeah. Because I'm not an influencer. I'm not a middle ground influencer. I'm just unemployed. <laughs> And to my the the creativity has not sparked at all during this month long time, except for in this about this is the most creative I've been. But I did have a moment to myself where I was like, "Is there a place in this world where I recreate my top ten favorite moments from any RuPaul's Drag Race lip sync from any time?" And Wait, I what just, is your number one? Oh, it has to be when Brooklyn Heights goes upside down and then does the little cartwheel click. It's I just thought I was like, "Is this how my creativity is finding itself in this time?" Am I just going night by night until I can just lip sync by day? I have no idea. Like, it is, the well is so dry and my toxins. I, I am licking the brick. <laughs> Either stop or keep going because I'm almost there. So, <laughs> all right, I'm going to keep going. Okay. <laughs> because much like you and I have just confessed to each other what, and I hope this isn't too strong of a word, what losers we feel like right Com now. Completely, yes, yeah. And I think it's important for someone to say that they feel like a fucking loser right now. Yeah, <laughs> when your creativity is stripped away, when you when your personhood is stripped, stripped away, when like anything that you're like, this is how I identify myself because I go to this bar or I do this hobby or I go out in this place. I collect a paycheck. Yeah. Because, yeah. And when you don't have any of that, I mean, fuck it. Live night by night, like, because the day by day is not getting you by. Right. So, yeah. And it's not, nothing in the 24-hour cycle is building your esteem. Yeah. So, back to the song. Yeah. In the second verse, <laughs> he's talking to the Joker, whoever that may be, mm -hmm. and also whoever this narrator is. I kind of picture him as, like, a gun for hire or, like, a bounty hunter. We don't really know. It doesn't really matter. He's just doing what he needs to do. But someone tells him, like, hey, you belong here. You can cut it in this rube town. And this does not please him at all. Mm -mm. He's like, take that sign off of me. I would trade in this, and I quote, 10 cent life as soon as I can. Like he has a dollar amount. I know it's a turn of phrase, but a dollar amount on his life that he is willing to cash in as soon as his quote ship comes in and his life is literally worth more. Yes. And I think that's kind of how I feel right now. Yeah. Oh, I, I, like, I looked at my calendar today and was like, I could just rip this page off. What has been the last 30 days of life? Like, I am. Like, we're, and I think, I hope that maybe this teaches us that, like, we shouldn't wait for the ship to come in. Like, I guess you try, but, like, now we're in this, You need to all, just, when your creativity calms down. You just got to use a passion planner. <laughs> this Steely Down podcast sponsored by Passion Planner. Put your passions inside of a planner and then plan your passions with your passions and your planners. Your passion planner. For all of your passion plan needs in 2020, passion planner. Thank you. That's... <laughs> you didn't even say your code. Oh, use code passion planner for 20% off your 2020 passion planner. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara Walters. Thank you. <laughs> I, and 
I do want to just like just add my very little bit of this song with real life. Oh, I've said so much about real life, but <laughs> we're, my, we're, the, like, we're not going to talk about porn. We can't, but here we are. And, and I, I've been playing a, a sort of indie hit video game called Animal Crossing. Ooh, I've and, never heard of it. Yeah, it's sort of this like up and coming sort of thing where you like are on an island. And I, I feel very close to it where we, right, we're about to record this podcast and I was downstairs and I, I had my first visitor on my island and it was a shipwrecked pelican. And, and I had to do chores and tasks to help him get off of my island. But uh, what you I chose to. I chose to, as I voluntarily did. Uh, and, and he says at the very end of it, he's like, thank you so much. Like, all I need to do now is just, like, pace this island until my ship comes back. And I was like, <gasps> night by night! Like, yeah. he is, even in this little existential weirdom of whoever programmed him or however they made that happen, like, we are all just waiting for that. So I'm going to ask you about the morality of this pelican. Sure. What is it? Would I, you call him good, bad, neutral? I think he, you know what, I think he was sort of chaotic neutral. He, okay. he fell off the boat. He got lost on his own accord. He lost all of the pieces on my island. I had to go help dig them up to get his thing back together. But then he left me alone, and he's sending me something in my mailbox from, like, three days from now. So I am so excited to see what he sends you. I hope it's a fish. This is how you play the game. Amy, it's not the game that we play together, but it's a game that we all know. So, <laughs> yeah, it's called Waiting. <laughs> the hottest game of 2020. <laughs> I think that's all I have for Night by Night. I think that's all I got, too. Home is a weird concept right now. We appreciate that you would spend any time with us, and we definitely want to shout out. There's one person in particular. We had a fan mail come in from our last episode, probably about a year ago from now, and we thank you so much. A year ago from now. A year year last ago uh, in my passion planner. Uh, (laughs) This this, very sweet listener wanted us to, like, break some stuff down. He had some questions for us, and to that, we say you're not our dad because our dads are dead yeah they're dead and we don't know how to find your voicemail from a year ago so we can't answer your question but if you wanted to send it to us again we're very open to that yeah we would take it i'm sorry that's not you that's us i just you know uh put a dollar in the kitty so (laughs) i I guess to sign off i'd like to ask you my best friend kat yeah what is something you've learned about yourself after being indoors for i think this week will mark week six. It is. Um, I I have learned that it is interesting having your best friend live upstairs from you because <laughs> my my listening habits of music I feel like are on a much like narrower scope. So like I can't just listen to Dolly Parton at two o'clock in the morning without people knowing. So I just learned, you know, the output that you put is sometimes put out. And you, Amy, what have you learned since you've been in quarantine? I think I just learned that I'm a very judgmental housemate. <laughs> According to my downstairs neighbor. <laughs> Signing off from our own private island, it's me, Kat Dudley. And it's me, Amy Goodman. And we are Any Major, Major Dudettes Will Tell You. All right, you push it because I'm oh, staring. I don't know how. Is it this way? I've never seen you looking so bad, my funky one.